Welcome to Live Well with Southwell. Southwell is dedicated to helping you be equipped with the best tools and knowledge to make sure you and your family live a healthy life. Live Well with Southwell features interviews with experts across many areas of healthcare and wellness. We hope you enjoy listening and most importantly, living well. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Liza Tillman, and today we are talking with Dr. Nakia Johnson, who is a pediatrician with Affinity Pediatrics in Tifton. Dr. Johnson is here to discuss the HPV vaccine, which is a vaccine that can help protect both men and women from certain issues. Dr. Johnson, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Before we get into the HPV discussion, let's find out a little bit more about you. Can you tell us a little bit about your background, where you're from, your education, and any other information you want to share about? Well, like you said, I'm Nakia Johnson. I am a general pediatrician. I grew up in Marietta, Georgia, so a little bit north of Atlanta. Born and raised, went to Spelman College, which is an all-girls school in Atlanta area, Mm -hmm. which was a different experience. Yes. (laughs) Left there, graduated with a bachelor's in biology, Mm -hmm. went to the Medical College of Georgia for medical school. Okay. Graduated from there, but stayed in Augusta for my residency and did all three years of residency in Georgia. Mm-hmm. I did a country doctor scholarship program where the state of Georgia paid for me to go to medical school if I went and worked in rural Georgia for a certain number of years. It's a cool program. That is. It was great. No loans. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> no, no medical school loans. Yeah. But then, um, so found a job in Cordial, actually. Okay. That's where I met my husband, and we've been married for five years. He is actually middle school band director, and varsity girls basketball coach in Crisp County. So you guys are both really busy. Oh, gosh, we're very busy. In different ways. In very different (laughs) ways, but still busy. And then we have a baby. We have an 18-month-old. His name is Dylan. And then we have an 11-year-old little girl. And so between jobs Mm -hmm. and work life, we are very busy. I stayed in Cordell about 11 years, loved it there, but then opportunity was brought to me to um, expand my horizon a little bit and come to Tifton. So now I'm here at Affinity Pediatrics, Mm -hmm. seeing patients there, new patients, transfer patients, whatever, all ages from the newborn period Mm -hmm. through, we'll say about 18. Okay. As long as you're in school, I tend Mm -hmm. to still see you. Okay. I know they're really excited to have you there. Oh, well, thank you. I'm so excited to be there. Love my colleagues. They have just welcomed me with Mm -hmm. open arms. They are great people. Every single last one of them, from the nurses, the ancillary staff, the other physicians, it's been a it's been a great blessing. Oh, good. I'm so glad to hear you're settling in. Everything's working out for you. Yes, it's 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 great. I don't even know another word that I can <laughs> say, but it's great. Well, good. That's the, that's the best thing you can ask for. Yes. What we're going to talk about today, like we said, is the HPV virus. And so that's the human papillomavirus. So what exactly is HPV? So HPV is a virus, and there's multiple different strains or strands of this particular virus that cause genital warts mm-hmm. and or can lead to cancer. It's very common, but just like there's cold viruses out there, this particular one, what it causes is genital warts and types of cancers. So this affects men and women? It sure can. Okay, okay. Boys and girls. Okay, boys and girls, that's important. Um, So can you tell us a little bit about the HPV vaccine and what age group it's ideal for and what does it do, its effectiveness? Okay, so the most common vaccine that we use is called the nine-valent vaccine. So it has nine different strains of the HPV virus in the vaccine. It is not a live vaccine, so you give it, you're not injecting the child or the patient with the actual virus. You're injecting it with parts of the virus or proteins of the virus so that your body then builds an immunity to it so that you hopefully don't get any disease from it. The vaccine itself, we recommend it about the age of 11. You can get it as young as nine, though, given your risk factors. Mm -hmm. 
And then up through, I think, 24, 25, you know, once I get to those 20s, that's a little past my patient, right? (laughs) That's true. That's true. That's true. Why is it so important for parents to have their children receive this vaccine at such an early age? The HPV vaccine, like I said, does protect against this particular virus. And the virus, you can get it and lead to these genital warts or cancer. Mm -hmm. And getting the vaccine, you can prevent that in your child. And if you can prevent any kind of disease Mm -hmm. in your child, whether it's going to present when they're in adulthood, you'd want to make sure that your child is as safe as possible. And is this a newer vaccine? I I don't remember hearing about it when I was growing up. Is this something that's come out or is it just more recommended? Um, It's more recommended, but it is, I guess you would say, on the newer side, too. So vaccines such as the measles, mumps, and rubella have been around for decades. Whereas this is newer in comparison to that. But it's not um, like it came out last week or last year. It's been around multiple years. It's been around for a while. Safety's definitely been tested on it. and. Of course, the FDA does all their testing and stuff even before they allow us to start giving it. Okay. And why is it so important for parents to have their children receive this vaccine? So as a parent myself, I know I wouldn't want my child to be come in contact with HPV, not even knowing it, mm-hmm. and then possibly one day end up with cancer, sure. especially if I, there was something I could have done right. as a parent to prevent that in my child in the future. Okay. Is there stigma related to this vaccine that could prevent parents from wanting to get their child to um, to have it? And how could that be overcome? Do you oh, see gosh, stigma yes. in this particular discussion? Oh, yes. Yeah. So this vaccine in particular, for sure, because HPV is mostly a sexually transmitted virus, mm-hmm. a lot of parents are like, nope, my child's not having sex. My right. child's not doing that. We don't have to worry about it. So I'm not doing it. We're going to we're not going to worry about it right now. And just to be completely honest, it's not completely just sexually transmitted. So okay. I do tell you just a story. My husband, he is not medical at all. He's actually a band director and a basketball coach, Uh but he went to a dinner with me Mm -hmm. about the HPV vaccine from a rep. Mm -hmm. And he listened to all that. And at the time my daughter was 10, um, about to turn 11. And he said to me when he got in that car, we are getting this for Eris. When can we get this for her? Really? Right away. And I was like, well, when she turns 11, we sure can. Yeah. Because when sitting in that lunch or that dinner, he was listening. And the fact is, kids share lip gloss. Kids drink after each other. And if one kid has done something sexually active to another kid, Uh even though your child's not, and they shared that lip gloss or they drank after somebody, that virus can still be passed that way. And so parents don't think about it like that sometimes. They hear the word sex and they're like, no, my child is not doing that. Especially at such a young age. You you just want to say, yeah, maybe when we're teens or something like that, that we want to prevent it. But if you can get it early, Mm -hmm. if you can get the vaccine early, you actually only have to give your child two shots because your body builds up a better immunity when you're younger. But if you wait until your child's older than 15, you have to get three. And so one thing you can say to your parents or, and what I say to my parents is don't you rather have your child get two shots and be protected as best as possible than get three and it has the exact same response mm. one less needle stick that's, sometimes that that's does pretty go persuasive over. That, that, I, I would agree with that one for I think sure. the kids agree with that one a lot too yeah, yeah. oh yeah we want to <laughs> minimize the needles exactly, <laughs> definitely exactly. so you kind of mentioned this before but is HPV linked to any types of cancers and if so which ones yes so HPV is linked the biggest one is cervical cancers but okay. any kind of anal genital cancer mm-hmm. um, cervical cancer vaginal cancer vulvar cancer and um, anal cancer and so some parents may be thinking or people listening to this may say 
I have a daughter. I mean, I have a son. I don't have a daughter. So why does my son need it? Well, there's that anal part. All of us have an anus Mm -hmm. and you still can get the sexually transmitted disease and you can get cancer of your anus. And then not even just the cancer, the genital warts parts there too. And I tell a lot of patients, you don't want little growths and stuff on your little wee-wee, do you? Right. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want your penis looking deformed because you have this big wart growing off of it from not getting protected Mm -hmm. from this vaccine that's pre- that you can get and prevent something. And that's an uncomfortable conversation to have, I'm sure. Yes, very and much probably so. don't want to have to talk about it with your mom in the room or exactly, anything. But exactly. it's, it's a, a kind of a necessary evil. It's so. a very necessary evil. Yeah. Do, do kids tend to, when you have that conversation, you say, you, you really want to be able to prevent this. Are you sure we want to do this? Do they tend to say, okay, I'll sign me up. <laughs> yes and no. It's the it's needles. Kids yeah, are they don't really bad care. about needles. Right. They don't. They prefer not to have a needle stick if at all possible. So you really have to get the parents on right. your side mm-hmm. to then make sure the kids get on it too. Okay. Are there any other ways to prevent HPV besides the vaccine? There's actually not. People think you can use condoms and that'll make sure that you don't get it. But just like other sexually transmitted disease, condoms are not 100% effective. Right. Abstinence is definitely a way to go. But like I mentioned previously, there's other contact mechanisms or methods that can happen that you still can get exposed. And you don't know if you've been exposed. The majority of patients who get exposed to HPV have no idea that they've ever been exposed. Wow. Most patients have no idea that they've ever had it and don't have any sequelae or symptoms from it at all. It's a matter of those ones that do. And when you do, or you pass it on to somebody who then does have a symptom, you're setting yourself up for the possibility of getting warts or getting cancer. Right. And we want to avoid that. Of course. (laughs) At all costs. (laughs) So this kind of leads into what are the symptoms of HPV? What would somebody look for if you don't know you have it? Are there symptoms that show up? Right. So the most common thing is a wart. You'll start having um, growths or projections on your vaginal area or around your anus. And, but it doesn't always have like itching or okay. bleeding or anything along those lines. It's usually a growth first. And then you don't know if that wart is just a wart or is that a type of a cancer. And so you've got to get it checked out. But if you don't know, I mean, like if you've been exposed and you're not going to have symptoms, you'll most, you just never know that you had it. Oh, wow. Right. So that's that's really the importance of this mm-hmm. this vaccine and, and being able to protect yourself exactly. from that. I think the numbers say something like 80% of people mm-hmm. of the sexually active age group, teenage and above, have had some exposure to HPV. Wow. Specialist scientists believe it might even be higher than that, but it's hard to know because a lot of people, like I said, don't have symptoms. They right. Their body can fight it off on their own, but mm-hmm. then the ones that don't. So you can carry it, not know you carry it, may never experience anything from it, but you could give it to somebody else who then in turn would. Right. And just because you've gotten exposure, your body can fight it off and you can get rid of it. So you can Mm -hmm. test negative even if you've been exposed, but you would never know because that exposure time is done and gone. Who knew? But in that meantime... You had it. You were fighting it off, but you had sexual intercourse or you shared lipstick or you did something with somebody else who then didn't fight it off. If you have an immune disorder, then you are likely to develop symptoms or maybe even worse symptoms. But that's not all. Like you can be perfectly normal and everything and still develop this cancer or these genital warts. So, again, vaccine, you got to do it. You got to do it. You have to. It's just the best thing to do if. You can prevent yourself, even if you're of the age, yourself or your child from getting cancer in the future. Mm -hmm. 
Why wouldn't you? And there's not a lot. Are there any other vaccines that can prevent cancer? No. I didn't think so. so not at all. You, if, that, if that is out there, then why not do it? Exactly. What are the ways that HPV can be treated if you have um, contracted it? And you do, I guess, if you're right. exhibiting symptoms. So if you're exhibiting the symptoms, you, the warts have to get removed. And okay. so that's a surgical procedure. Yeah. And then if, you're getting, if you get the cancer, you've got to go through the proper chemo or radiation. Mm-hmm. Since I don't do that side right. of it, I don't right. know all those details. But right. the warts have to come off mm-hmm. so that you don't continue to have it. And then okay. the cancer has to get treated. Okay. How serious, from your viewpoint, is HPV? HPV is very serious. Like I mentioned, 80% is the number that they're calculating of people who have had some form Mm -hmm. of sexual contact, not Mm -hmm. just sexual intercourse, but that sexual contact. Mm -hmm. Even if your boys are in the locker room and they're changing clothes and they chest bump, but their genitals touch, it can spread. It's a matter of that skin-to-skin contact spread, whether it's mouth, whether it's genital, mm-hmm. um, it's a matter of that contact. And so it spreads very easy. And if you can prevent mm-hmm. that spread or you, if you picked it up and prevent you from getting a serious disease and cancer from it, mm-hmm. why not? Yeah, that, that just seems to be the driving, driving point from this. So here's a question you may or may not be able to answer. Have you seen many cases during your career of people who have HPV? I have not seen any cases of HPV. And the reason being is... The actual virus, you get it, but then it takes, once you get it, it can take some years for the symptoms to actually develop. Mm -hmm. And most, the most common way females, females definitely are affected more than males, but the most common way females get tested is via pap smear. And I don't do pap smears. Sure. And so once you start having to get pap smears, Mm -hmm. then you can see, and the OBGYNs probably see it a whole, not probably, the OBGYNs definitely see it a lot more than us as pediatricians would. Okay. Okay. And then age. Once you age out of being a pediatric, Mm -hmm. that's when they usually become more sexually active, Mm -hmm. more exposure, more risks. Right. And so that older adult population or that younger adult population Mm -hmm. would be more likely to see it. Okay. So what, just for the audience, most people may know this, but um, what age are you not considered a pediatric patient anymore? Well, there's a couple of scenarios that make you. So newborns, obviously, all the way up (laughs) through typically 18. Okay. Sometimes we will see kids as long as they're in school, but if they start having adult type issues that we feel like we can't handle Mm -hmm. as older teens that have graduated from high school, we may ask them to go see an adult doctor, a family medicine physician or an internist. And then the other kind of scenario is a young girl that has become a mom already. Okay. We will no longer, we'll see their baby. Sure. Yeah, it's a switch, <laughs> right. right? Okay. But we will no longer see that mother. Most pediatricians will no longer see that mother anymore because she's changed. Sure. Her medical issues are now very different now that you've had a baby right. than as just a general okay. pediatric patient. That makes sense. So everybody's familiar with a pediatrician, but what kinds of things do you see? What does a day look like for you as a pediatrician at Affinity Peds? Gotcha. Well, as a general pediatrician, we take care of the whole child. Mm-hmm. So starting from birth through, like I said, whatever age you kind of age out of mm-hmm. your pediatric life. But we take care of it all. We take care of the well baby and the sick baby. Um, We take care of the well adolescent and the sick adolescent. We deal with both mental health issues, colds, cardiac diseases, 
But then if it's something that's outside of our range, we send a specialist and we work hand in hand with some of the pediatric cardiologists that are around the state or the pediatric psychiatrists that are around the state, pulmonologists, whatever. But there's some stuff that we, especially in South Georgia, because we don't have all the specialists here, that we as general pediatricians have to handle ourselves. We do a lot of, quite a bit of just education, educating moms on what to expect when you have a baby and what the next step's going to be like, okay, well, your baby's going to be rolling soon Mm -hmm. or your baby should start saying this amount of words and, oh, we're not doing that. Well, let's give you some exercises to Mm -hmm. work on or let's send you to the speech therapist if your baby isn't talking appropriately. So a lot of the whole body care of a child. Right. So just like we're supposed to go to uh, our doctor every year, your child needs to go see you. Correct. And it's a lot more frequently, though. Sure. Um, Once they hit four, Mm -hmm. it's every year. So you four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever, you should be coming every year. But prior to that four, there are quite a lot of visits to make sure that growth and development is happening at an appropriate speed and time Mm -hmm. so that your child can do what they're supposed to do and become great human beings, adult human beings later in life. So, Dr. Johnson, if someone wants to get their child established with you as their primary care physician, how would they contact you? Well, I can be contacted at Affinity Pediatrics. And again, I'm Dr. Nakia Johnson. And the phone number there is 229-353-7337, which that stands for PEDS. So 229-353-PEDS. Great. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add about this discussion that we haven't already covered? No, but I would just like to say... Please, parents, really think hard about not only vaccinating your child in general, but specifically since we're talking about HPV today, protect your child from this particular disease that can cause genital warts and cancers in your child. Why not? Thank you so much for joining us today and for educating our listeners about HPV and its preventative vaccine. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Live Well with Southwell. If you have a question for a healthcare expert or a topic you'd like us to discuss, send an email to info at myselfwell.com. Until next time, live well.